Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank <laughs> you. 
I don't even know if I can talk after listening to that. <laughs> I can't believe that. The first time I heard that, I said, who does Harry Allen think he is, that he's going to stand on the same stage and blow a horn beside Scott Hamilton? And I guess we found out who it was. And that was my first, that was my introduction to Harry Allen, was that was that thing right there, and I said, my goodness gracious, what a thing. I liked the quotes there, didn't you? They didn't uh, do any more than just hint at the quotes. They didn't follow them through. They just played three or four notes enough to say, this is this is the quote. I'm not going to play all of it. Oh, love that kind of thing. To me, that's an intellectual. Music is an intellectual thing. Very exciting to me to hear something like that. There are things that should not be mentioned. Oh, I should say, listening to the humble farm, I've got to remind you of that. Thank you for listening. There are things that should not be mentioned on the radio, and we are going to, of course, talk about one of them now. You might remember that not long ago I said something about a man who discovered, much to his surprise, that his second wife was even nuttier than his first wife. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many threatening letters I got from men who said I'd better stop talking about them on the radio, but I am going to tell you that I'm not about to do it right off quick again. Thank you. 
the very great Don Don, <laughs> some of my friends in Portland, playing the Four Brothers. Very nice to have that. <clears throat> and now, let's talk about global warming. Have you ever been out there all alone on the internet searching for truth and wisdom and come up against something like this? And I'll try to quote, Fire and life are similar. Both are oxide oxidation processes driven by dissipation of thermodynamic gradients from photosynthetic molecules with transformed sunlight in their bonds. Both are fractal and manifest emergent properties. But life is autopoietic. Fire is not. This one warmed me. An autopoietic being on a recent winter night near a meadow on a tributary of the Kennebec River. Well, I hope I pronounced Kennebec River correctly. What I said is all well and good. And please remember that I know nothing about the writer, and I'm only asking questions here. I could probably look up some of the words I just tried to pronounce and eventually guess what the writer was trying to tell me. But my point is, does the fact, this is what I'm asking you, does the fact that a person has all those lexical items in his bag of tricks guarantee that we are listening to a scientist who has all the answers? Or is it possible that, although the writer is brilliant, that he or she is also crazier than a hooty owl and is leading us astray? My point is that in reading anything, one must always first consider the source. Who wrote it? And in which magazine was it published? What do other scientists in the field have to say about the writer? Bottom line, does being able to talk about the dissipation of thermodynamic gradients prove that the speaker does not sleep every night hanging by his heels because he thinks he is Batman? Hey, uh, carefully consider each source.
Scott Hamilton and Harry Allen here on The Humble Farmer. I don't, <laughs> don't know if I can talk. It's making me cry just hearing what they're doing back and forth, the way they're talking to each other. That's a, such a rare thing to hear anything that good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer who's sitting here crying in his shoes with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com and I'd love to hear from you. And we read somewhere, or rather we read somewhere, that 14,000 wind generators have been abandoned in this country. <laughs> we did not see where the writer got that number. He didn't bother to tell us and and please listen carefully to what I'm about to say. It doesn't matter where he got that number, as long as there are a few people who see it and are eager to believe it. Of course, there are folks who disagree with the number. I have nothing to say about it, although I have seen with my very own eyes hundreds of wind generators cranking away happily and Sweden, Denmark, Germany, and Holland. One of my third cousins in Falkenberry sells the things, great big monstrous things. And by the way, I didn't see any rusty, abandoned ones. <laughs> and that's, think about this, that's probably because they have the rusty, broken wind generators hidden away, you know, like Satan's weapons of mass destruction. However, wouldn't it be nice if every rural residence in Maine were topped off with those solar panel things, those PV photovoltaic panels that very silently collect electricity from the sun? There's no gears and there's no wheels, there's no rumble, there's no rust. I have six of those sweet little things and I'm enjoying them very much, as would any stingy, conservative old Maine man who gets no thrill whatsoever out of paying an electric bill.
I like a bass trombone on the bottom. Well, sounds good, doesn't it? The great John Fison. Do do small hotel. Who wrote that in? Is it? Do do. Rogers. Do do do. At the high school alumni meeting, I should say, at the St. George High School alumni meeting weeks ago, I spoke with a distant cousin who told me that she has eighteen or so photovoltaic panels on her house, and that these nice little solar panels generate all of her electricity. Yes, I have to admit that she does have a Ph.D. in some kind of engineering. Hate her, if you will. But think about this. If we all had those nice little solar panels on our homes, there'd be no need for corporate America to sell us electricity generated by coal or dams or wind machines or even their solar panels. We'd have our own. And, alas, there'd be no need to bicker about should we or should we not have wind farms destroying the trees in Maine? Because to hear people talk about wind farms, you'd think they were in the same category as the liquid fire we dropped from airplanes on the people in forests of Vietnam. But people are going to have to come around. They're going to have to realize that they can put up their own little photovoltaic panels like I did before all this bickering's going to stop about the wind farms. And until you and everyone else gets these little solar panel things, you will hear me chortling about free energy from the sun and how it has cut my electric bill. Chortle. Chortle. <laughs>
Harry Allen, Scott Hamilton here on the Humble Farmer. Where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. And although hundreds of people descended upon Moore, Oklahoma, after the tornado, it's my understanding that it's taken a lot longer to clean up the mess than experts had anticipated. This is because two out of the three people who came to Moore are taking the pictures which you saw either on the evening news or on YouTube. Yes, but you forgot something. What did I forget? 
you forgot to remember. Ukulele Ike. You've heard your friends say it. So many people say it. We, we ought to run government like a business. Get a businessman in there to straighten things out. The next time one of your friends says we should run government like a business, ask them to read some newspaper stories that come out of Augusta, Maine. Did you ever stop to think that we came within a million or so votes of having another businessman doing the same thing in Washington?
I don't need to tell you that nobody can do that and that you did not just hear what you just heard. <laughs> Almost time to get out of here. Out of here, we got time for one more maybe. It was refreshing. Was it not refreshing to hear that the London man who robbed that woman last week was well-dressed? He pushed open the door to her room, slammed around, tore out the telephone, and took purses and cameras. This well-dressed man did that, and is this not a great improvement from the old raggedy Fagan image that's been popularized on stage and screen? Would it not seem to indicate that everybody's standard of living has improved? I heard an angel say, wake up, wake up, your wonderful dreams come true. A newborn feeling had me reeling, I said to myself, where am I? It's all so hazy, may sound crazy, there wasn't a star in the sky. Still I saw stars, I heard a birdie sing, so sweet, so sweet, the moment I fell for you. Django. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for listening. Love to hear from you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. I spent some time last fall reading up on the libertarian platform. You know, the first part looks so good that you want to jump up and down and cheer and wave your arms. 
And that's where they hope you'll stop reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 